0: Everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. Yeah.
1: Clayton, I've, how you been doing. I've got a different seating situation than I'm doing right now. I'm legs crossed. I don't know if I'm married like... to it. <laughs> it's pretty like... uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> like a real intellectual. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you came in, and you're like, I want to do some real talking. I'm gonna cross my legs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: know why I'm doing it.
0: Are those new shoes?
1: Yeah. adidas
0: new adidas they're very white Mm, well
1: they won't stay that way for long
0: no i used to have a roommate who would clean her sneakers with a toothbrush every night before bed yeah i cannot that seemed too much
1: they look cool i think they look cool when they look a little beat up too
0: yeah i like that look as well doc martens always need to be beat up too
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i got a pair of boots that uh, i'm i'm kind of breaking in Nice. So that's always good. So we just talked about two things that they can't see. How I'm sitting in my shoes.
0: Yeah. And it's also just very, very interesting content, I'm sure, for Absolutely. whoever's listening. They're like, I wonder, how is he sitting?
1: But you know, we're not going to get lackadaisical. We're not going to be one of those podcasts that starts talking about stuff nobody's interested in, like how I'm sitting. And Because are people going to be thinking, well, then how does he usually sit?
0: Yeah. Normally usually. you sit cross-legged. We called it waddlyacha, uh, crisscross applesauce. Yes, yes, of course. Ah, yeah. Normally he's very precariously perched on a chair, but I
1: know. scare everybody. <laughs> I'm like the kid who's like, should we tell him to like sit down correctly so he doesn't fall?
0: Yeah. Whenever we have authors in, I'm always like, D- don't mention how he's sitting. It's kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, we know. We know. We know. He's not gonna fall. He's fine. I'm
1: such a diva.
0: This week we read. Star Champion by Susan Grant.
1: Now, it says here Star Champion number four, also known as Champion of Beresh. Star number four, Star World Frontier number one.
0: What? Yeah. So, you know how in Goodreads, are you a part of Goodreads? Uh, Yes. Okay. Well, I have access. (laughs) So, my Kindle, when I started reading this book, Star Champion, when I looked on Goodreads, it was called The Champion of Barash. So I don't know if at one stage they like changed the name or something. So I just put all the names there just because, you know, let's see. But so this is
1: star champion book number four.
0: Star book number four. Oh, okay, yeah, that four doesn't should't be there, so it's star number four, star world Frontier number one okay, so how this is a series within a series now then this is the start launch of a series within a series that's confusing mm. that's confusing. All the other books were called like Star Something, okay, what do you think of these covers?
1: Well, the cover I had was the first cover that's on this sheet, which again. You can't see. Can't see. But it was the. It has a woman who is showing off her back and her triceps. And it it looks like an ad for a 24 hour fitness. (laughs) Don't you think? Mm -hmm. It's like a sexy 24 hour fitness. She's standing in the front. And then there's a gentleman in the back who has a towel around his neck and he's got abs for days. Oh, yeah. Now. That one is the one that I had on my Kindle. Was that yours? Yeah, that's what I had too. And that's called Star Champion. And there's a second one right next to it that you have here where it's just our heroine face to the camera. And a gentleman who I believe is Prince Clark in a, I was about to say, but he's in a tank top. Mm-hmm. You can no longer say the other. No. Yeah, We never really should have, I think. He's wearing a tank top. And they're both like... Kind of staring at the camera, and she does not look like the same girl that's in the other one.
0: No, but he looks like the same guy. He's
1: the same guy, different girl.
0: She looks like she's about to punch the camera.
1: Yeah, that's right. She's got gloves. Again, looks like, a, I guess, an MMA gym. And then book cover that is the champion of Barash has just a face. Part of what I think is Jem, the heroine's face in space, and then a sea, what, what did that? Sea Kestrel? Yeah. A sea Kestrel flying next to her head. That I'm was my assuming. favorite one.
0: Yeah. I liked that one the most. Why do you
1: think they changed the title? Because is the Champion of Boresh just too clunky and start? Because Star Champion, I feel like, makes this book sound cheesier than it is
0: yes because i really liked this book a lot me too it was really great and really well written and yes. fantastic and i feel like i was not you know my old prejudices i'm just going up to it when i saw that these covers i was sort of like oh this is gonna be goofy and it's gonna be silly and it's not gonna be well done i was wrong i was wrong i was wrong yeah and I feel like the only cover that shows like, oh, I might be really into this, is the one that they changed the title to The Champion of Baresh. and then it looks a little bit more, I don't know. Like, the star champion, also the font is just kind of cheesy. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it
1: looks like a knockoff. It looks like when you would go, and again, I'm dating myself, but if you went to a, to rent a movie... And you would see Star Trek and Star Wars, and then you would see the knockoff straight to to video movies that were trying to act like they were at that same level, the ones that would be on late at night at Showtime or something. This would be Star Champion, mm-hmm. and it would be a ripoff of one of those those movies, and you would look at the case and be like, oh, this is going to be awful. So you would either rent it because it was going to be bad mm-hmm. or not rent it because you knew it was a knockoff. And that's what Star Champion made it look like. Now, The Champion of Arash, I probably, when I saw that cover, I'd probably be like, oh, no, this is going to be unintelligible. And because the world building thing, like I've I've said previously on this podcast, I don't really care that much about world building. But this book did a very good job at world building. Yeah. I thought for a sci-fi book, which is what this is, sci-fi romance, I I was, like, completely oriented in this world.
0: Oh. Well, why don't you go through real quick what it's about, and then we can jump right in. Okay. But so- I think for the covers, it's no, no, yes. For me. Okay.
1: Yes. For people following at home, <laughs> which is impossible.
0: Yeah. We don't like two of them, and then the one that has the different title is the one that we like.
1: Maybe we should post all of these. Okay. Let's do, like, on the- A flip. Instagram, so you can flip through. Yeah. Then people will be, like, engaged. <laughs> We engagement. I
0: know. We, yeah, say guys. <laughs> Although everyone is very engaged, with us. everybody's like so engaged. Reach out, like at least once a day, someone is reaching out or doing something. So I do, I do appreciate it. It's always great. Anyway, Clayton, what was this book about?
1: This book is about Jem, who lives on Barash, which is a pretty crappy world. It's a junk world almost, right? And she plays her dad has passed on but he played uh, a game called what was it called it's not
0: baja baja b-a-j-h-a baja yeah baja which is
1: i guess sword fighting with an energy sword but you're not able to you you're it's in pitch black so you're not able to see you have to intuit where your opponent is. And so this takes a lot of training. And women in this world are not allowed to play it, but she was taught by her dad. And she plays... She does it, the underground street version of it to make money. And her brother, Nico, is her manager. Nico's kind of a near dwell, and he actually didn't end up being as much of a near dwell well as I expected him to become.
0: He's like kind of a tragic figure.
1: He, he is. But Jem she She fights under the name Sea Kestrel, which is a bird that is not from Beresh. She's never seen one, but her dad talked about them, and that was the nickname that she had that he had for her, so that's what she fights under. She beats this champion who's been the champion for, it seems like months in this underground fight, and she goes viral the equivalent of viral somebody figures out that she's this great fighter but the thing is she's dressing up as a teenage boy so everybody just thinks it's this crazy teenage boy that has all this skill then we have prince clark who there is a there's a major league and he has a team and he's looking to win the the championship the Star Cup or whatever it is. I can't remember. The Galaxy. Galaxy Cup. And finds out about this teenage boy and comes and plucks him out of obscurity and wants to train him for the team. What he doesn't realize is it's a girl. Mm -hmm. And that the connection that they start to have is stronger than just a friend connection.
0: Or coach and player. Coach
1: and player. And they fall in love. And then her secret is revealed. And trouble ensues. But that's that's the basic idea of this book. And, yeah, I liked
0: it a lot. I thought this was – and I don't – I was thinking, I was like, is this world building so well done because this is the fourth book and – She assumes people already know all of the minutia of it, but it's almost like that is so much better and that's the way that you need to write because I believe that she knew more information than she told us. She knew all of their backstory. She knew all kinds of little minutia and she was only giving us the information we needed at the moment. Yes. So we didn't need to know Nico's whole backstory where his um, wife died in a horrible accident and... Um, he can't really connect with his daughter. We know that there's something there, but we don't find that information out until one of the, until she tells Clark that story. And that's kind of when we need to know it.
1: Because a good, the, the, the key to good writing is, or telling a story in any way is don't give somebody information in the book who should already know that information. Cause right. that's just then t- telling the reader in an awkward way. Her explaining the backstory to Clark and Clark explaining his backstory to Jem fills us in, but also fills the character in. Because this is a book four and Clark had has a history in this series that I was able to, to figure out just from what he was saying. That he, I believe in some of the other books, like probably the book right before this was kind of the bad guy.
0: Yeah, it seems like he was the bad guy in like the previous two.
1: And this is the redemption story for him. And we've been reading series a lot recently, or Mm -hmm. at least like we read a series. We read The Wallflowers and we've basically been reading Clay Pass series. Yeah. (laughs) But that happens in those where there is a story where someone's the villain and then the next book is a redemption or further on down the line. And the thing with that is, like, just from reading romance, I knew this guy was bad before. I probably would have read the book he was bad in and be like, this guy's bad. I don't like him. And then this book comes and I'm like,
0: oh, but I like him now because he's in love. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I thought just my one thing was I do feel like this book could have started sooner. Like, my only thing was I felt like we read about her having her first bouts and then we read about him you know he had been under house arrest and he was getting out of house arrest and he was annoyed and stuff with his little sister and all this stuff like we don't see them together on the page until like 20 to 25 percent in which i think is like just too long because i was starting to get nervous i was like is this even a romance because what is going on and it's it's
1: called star champion (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and who knows yeah we've been burned before by like we're thinking of unleashed Were you like, is this an Unleashed situation? Yeah.
0: And then finally, once they're together, it it really pops off. And then I'm like in and I loved it. But I almost wish that it had just started with him discovering her and gone from there. Because I feel like everything before that, like, I didn't really need to know.
1: Yeah. So you would be, you think it'd be best if first chapter, she's fighting, he walks in Mm -hmm. and says, who is this? And then. Everything goes from there.
0: Yeah. And then we sort of find out like she and why she was doing everything. But we had a lot of backstory that that I just was like, "Mm, I don't really know about this. But the sign of a good writer. Once she got me there, then I was like in the entire time. I thought it was so well done. And what I also love, too, is there weren't the big misunderstandings. Like she tells Clark so early that she's a woman that that I was like blew me away. I was shocked. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're telling him already. And I'm so happy you are because he brings her to train on this giant ship. And he, um, you know, they're always going to the locker together and like the guys all shower together. And she obviously doesn't want to. She's always
1: washing in the sink.
0: Yeah. And then one time where it's just the two of them, she's like, I kind of like this guy. I'm okay with leaving now. And basically tells him, you know, I'm a woman and this is why I can't. And his first reaction is sort of like disbelief and he thinks he's gonna get fined by the league and he's kind of pissed. And she I love she goes to walk out and she comes back, she's like, You're making a mistake, like you need to come after me. Like what what's the matter with you? And he's like, No, go. And she's like, Fine, fuck you, actually. Bye. And she like is willing to walk away from it all. And then he goes and he gets her and brings her back and so you really are able to see their romance through a lot of it and them sort of falling in love and him really going to bat for her and really trying to protect her and spending a lot of time trying to figure out if there is a way for her to play openly as she is. Um,
1: because the the thing with Baja is that it is a historically male sport because the warriors in the olden times, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, that was how they fought. And there was no recorded history of women being warriors. So it, it was exclusionary just because people never questioned that. But then he finds he he's – there's basically a Bible.
0: Yeah, his that, sister finds because his sister wants to play too.
1: Yeah, and he's going through it with a fine-tooth comb trying to find something. And there is a small, small, small passage – in there about how one of the women back in the day, I can't remember, like struck down or there was like a terminology. A queen.
0: And then they said that she had to like basically like fight for six months. Yeah,
1: or yeah. And and destroyed her enemies or something like that where he put it together that, well, she must have been using these tactics. So there is a historical precedent to this. What I also thought was really interesting about this book is that when he thinks that she is a boy, he's very protective and in awe of the skill, and some of the other players are get defeated by her and they're not pissed. They're all they're all just very supportive. And then when they're joking with Jem, thinking that She's a a man. They're talking about, oh, you need to take advantage of the situation and get laid and all this stuff. And they joke around about it. And Clark is kind of like, hey, hey, you know, calm down with the locker room talk, blah, blah, blah. So then there's a point where Clark has to go to this function and she has been moved off in this other area to train. Because he doesn't want her secret to get exposed. And he also doesn't want her to be around a bunch of buff hot guys because he's in love with her. You think so? Oh, I think so, too. I think he wants to separate her from them a little bit.
0: Oh, uh, I think he didn't want them finding out, but I don't think he was worried about her like wanting to date them. I
1: think I think he was like secretly just a little bit like, well, these guys. Because the thing is, those guys are actually really nice. Yeah, and they do they so they show up unannounced while she's swimming, and they want to take Sea Kestrel, the boy out on the town and get him laid. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I was like, oh no, what's going to happen? So they take they take her. And they there's in in this world, there are sex workers and they're I mean, like any world, like our world. And, you know, you pay them and they have sex with you and they do. (laughs) How does the prostitution work? So um, it's a transaction (laughs) between uh, two adults. But so they pay for this to happen. And then she pays off the sex worker just to make it seem like she did something. But then. She does get exposed as a woman to the whole team because they think she's doping because she's kicking everybody's ass. So they take a blood test. There's no doping in it. And then they want to do a full body kind of diagnostic because they're like, this, this person's too good. And then Clark reveals that she's a woman, just has to say, the reason why you can't do this is because of modesty she's a woman. All the players find this out, and nobody's mad. No. And nobody's mad that they got beat by a girl. Nobody's mad. And the thing about it it was so refreshing that these guys were so nice to this poor teenager who just wanted to succeed and wanted a shot. And then when they figured out that it was a woman, just weren't upset. I was like, that's so progressive. And it— I love that those team members weren't jerks. Yeah. I love that they just wanted to win and they liked somebody who had a great skill level. That was, I think, super refreshing in this book.
0: Yeah, I love that too. I mean, something about this book that I thought was like very true, but also exposed like something that is very frustrating about being a woman is like you find throughout the book there are various women who want to play this game as well. His sister does. Um, After she's exposed, like, a girl comes up to her and says that she would want to play too. And that they say this game has been going on for, like, 11,000 years or something. And that the only way a woman was able to play it was she had to be the best in the world by a million. To the point where you think that she's taking drugs. And I thought it was, like, an interesting allegory of just, like, how much better women have to be at things in order to be taken seriously. So... She was able to ultimately be taken seriously because she was insanely good at a level that just doesn't exist before. Where, you know, if she was a man, she could be pretty good or she could be very good or she could just be solid and she would be allowed to play. But just how much further you have to be as a woman compared to a man in order to to break down those barriers in order to get something done.
1: Oh, that's every, I mean, and that's every marginalized person. Yeah, of course. You have to be exceptional.
0: Yeah, of course. I didn't mean for it to just be women, but yeah. Yeah,
1: and and I wasn't trying to like denigrate women. Like in in general, it's just like, that's just the case for everybody. Yeah. Other than people that look like me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can be mediocre. I am mediocre. And look where I am
1: now. I'm excelling. (laughs) But, uh, no, I, th- I think that's tr- – it is so true. Is like she kicked everybody's ass. She lost once, and she was like, I'm never going to lose again. And it was only because she was just adjusting to complete silence because when she fought in the street fights, there was people yelling and there was thump music playing, which I thought was a hilarious mm-hmm. term. Because that is what music is. It is. It's just yeah. like – When I'm sleeping at night and three o'clock in the morning, I hear music. It is thump music. That's what I hear. (laughs) But like that, I thought, was really interesting, too. She was excellent. And his attraction, Clark's attraction to her, came from that excellence. And then once he realized she was a woman, he was so excited. I also love that there wasn't any segment in here where... He was questioning himself because he was attracted to her and being like, oh, no. There was no gay panic, Yeah. in other words. And I know that's a very old thing that usually – this was 2016, so it could have still happened. But I love that the switch between I really want to protect this innocent person, oh, no, or oh, yes, it's a woman, Hachimachi, I want her (laughs) – was done so effectively when it could have been done, there could have been a bump with that. Yeah. I could have been I could have been bumped by that.
0: And it's also like their relationship progressed at the level it probably would have progressed at anyway. Yes. Like he they wouldn't have really but if he had known that she was a woman the entire time, he wouldn't have been like necessarily making out with her any sooner than he did because well also he was yeah there was no gay panic there was no it never even felt like he was actually attracted to her as c kestrel like i think when he thought that she was a young boy i think she he had feel like he felt protective yeah but it also seems like clark just seems like kind of a decent guy who would probably be like yeah let's not try to corrupt this kid who grew up very poor
1: and it's very funny because when you think about it that's the tightrope that this book walked excellently Because when you think about this, she dressed up like a teenage boy. So when I'm thinking teenage boy, I'm thinking, okay, maybe of age, but close to being not of age.
0: Oh, I was supposed to be like 18, 19.
1: Okay, but still, like, if he's 27, Clark, and this is a 17, 18-year-old boy. I mean, 18, it is legal, but... Not necessarily appropriate, power dynamic, appropriate, whatever. So the fact that you introduce that concept, but then we're able to not be kind of creeped out by it, Mm -hmm. is it shows a lot about Susan Grant's just qualities as a writer. Because it is funny, though, because I want to I cannot believe that jem did not look like a girl at all like like that she could pass completely as a boy
0: i think that is that confirmation bias which i do think is a real thing and that's the same thing that was in the rogue not taken oh
1: i was thinking of that exactly oh sorry no 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 you say because that's exactly what i was thinking of
0: yeah i think if you expect to see a boy then you see a boy and also you she always was wearing baggy clothes and she it sounds like she was like um, you know, binding her chest and you only really saw her like face like through a mask. I'm like, yeah, I get that you would just be like, oh, that's a teenage boy. Oh, okay. You wouldn't necessarily. And I mean, there are also women who have like a little bit more masculine features. Oh,
1: yeah, of course. You know? But I liked Jem just her attitude. I was so into how competitive she was, how... She had that little tick of putting her hair behind her ear and everything. And he really got into that because he saw that's when she was frustrated she would do that. I love those little touches because it does resonate with you. Because when you like somebody, you see those things that they do. And it makes you feel tenderness towards them. And I thought that was done really well. There is a, funny, there is a thing that happens in this book mm-hmm. that I thought was very funny where Nico, her brother... Is talking to her after a fight and she's still got her long hair and she's and she's not in boy clothes. And Clark comes up to talk to him and she they have to pretend that they're together. Do you remember this part? And this Nico so... squeezes her butt Ugh. and pats her butt and then she walks away and like that's when Clark looks at her and he's like, Wow, long hair, her butt, her tush looks great.
0: Yeah. But Nico did steal a squeeze. That was so disgusting (laughs) because I was like, in no world if my brother and I had to pretend to be a couple, which is disgusting, would he actually ever touch me?
1: Yeah. No. You gotta squeeze him.
0: Oh, that was so gross. That was a little weird. uh, Yeah. Maybe it was just like a moment of panic or something. (laughs) Yeah. But it was just like,
1: oh boy. But uh, but it wasn't like played as a moment of panic because it wasn't played as a... It was played as we've got to hide this but it wasn't played comedically where... He squeezed and then she slapped him or something. It was just like, yeah, this is what we do. We do. So that was. And then it's like, who is that? That's my girlfriend. What's her name? Jem. He gives the sisters <laughs> a name. So it's like, well, obviously this guy's not too smart. Nico.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, because then when she had to confess who she was and she said her real name, I'm like, you need to clear up the boyfriend, girlfriend, brother thing. Yes. And she does. Yeah, she, she does. She's like, he pretended that wasn't real. And he's like, OK.
1: And then Clark should have been like, well, the butt squeeze. That was real.
0: It's not an ass squeeze.
1: I also loved. She has only lived on Beresh, which is a garbage planet. When they win the first, their first competition, she wins her first fight. Nico wants to take her to eat somewhere, and he's like, "I got this great place. I've never been sick there. That was a <laughs> really five star that? restaurant on Barash." Is that you've never been sick there. So when she gets to see the finer uh, things, like she gets to eat that full meal, and she gets to see and swim for the first time, and she sees he takes her to the, um, the place where all the flowers are that are musical flowers, yeah. you know, the pipe flowers. It was just so beautiful to see these things through her eyes, and I never felt lost, and I never felt... Like this world was a mishmash of stuff. It just it felt like an organic world. And like you said, it probably comes from she's written three books before this. So this world is very it's she's very knowledgeable about this world. She's not finding her way. She's a good guide. And I really like that. And from a guy who does not really like worlds other than our own world, I really liked it.
0: I love too. He is supposed to be impossibly wealthy. He's a literal prince, like second and or third in line to the throne. And
1: I think he's his if his brother dies, then oh, it's him. Well, no, because then doesn't his brother have a kid or something, and then he's shunted off.
0: He's the Harry, basically. Yeah, yeah. And she's very poor. She grew up on this very poor on this very poor planet. She worked in mines, and. There's such an opportunity for there to be an insane amount of power imbalance, but he managed to to like teach her things and show her things and have it never be like, "Look how much I have. Let me show you It's never in a sort of like a derogatory way. Like you always feel like they are on a hundred percent even playing field, and she's always able to say whatever she wants to him. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done. I also like that they were just humans, but they just like lived in a different galaxy. yeah,
1: that was for a second. I was like, okay, so are they? they're all human but they're not earthlings that's the thing cuz they're, they're like
0: a little bit different than humans like just because like part of her playing baresh was that she could like or, or sorry baha was that she could like put out a, like a field and feel out for other people yeah, within that field yeah they use their
1: neurons they said or something yeah. they, like it's it's a sight beyond sight so yeah. if you close your eyes and i could feel your presence not through Anything physical, it's like a different sense. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a really good job of explaining how that sport worked and what you how good you need to be at certain things.
0: And I also love that she would go into the ring, we fade to black and we find out she won
1: that also Lo- I did it. not need a bunch of choreographed battles. I didn't need pages and pages of where's this person? what's like when we, we in the beginning we get it
0: enough to know this is okay, this is what a match looks like. And then after that, we never saw it again. And I was like, excellent. I don't need it. I get that. It's just them like whipping swords around. I'm sure if I was there, it'd be exciting. But like, it's not exciting to read. And so when at the end, when she finally
1: is able to fight again and she's walking into the ring, it cuts from that to her winning because just her walking confidently in. We know she's gonna win, yeah, and that's what was again, what was so great about this it it wasn't extra stuff we didn't need. Mm-hmm. it wasn't page count situation, yeah <laughs> like let's add some pages to this, so yeah, i I and the, the thing with this book too, is that it was a breath of fresh air, I think, because we have been reading a lot of so I mean I love historicals. Uh, not as big of a fan of contemporaries, as people know listening to this. It's been a while since we read something so out there. And it's not out there in a bad way. It's just out there in the sense that it is not our planet. It's aliens. It's, I mean, not really aliens, but they're not on our planet. They're doing unique things. And I really was excited yeah. to be part of this world. and I And I was pleasantly surprised by that.
0: Oh, and they have Earthlings are there. They set up Doctors at the borders on Barash, and so things start improving, and I'm like, love it. Love this. But I like that we I didn't never... believe
1: that Earth would improve anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. That,
1: that was my thought. I was like, oh, the Earthlings are going to come and, and, and uh, ruin everything.
0: No, oh, they seem to be. They set up preschools.
1: And there was stakes on her journey, too, because she—the way it worked in Barash is that she—like— If she quit her job, which she wasn't in the mines, she was hauling ore. And if she quit or was fired, which is what happened, she gets fired. If she comes back, she doesn't have a job. She's working in the mines. So she gave up everything in order to do this sport and try to win, even though she knew that she maybe was going to get found out. And Clark took a chance once he knew she was a woman That this was going to, his father was going to disown him because this team was supposed to be the thing to prove to his father how he could excel. And to bring a woman in, no matter how good she is, is against the spirit of the sport in a lot of people's eyes. And that could have made him look like an idiot and therefore his father look like an idiot. So there were stakes on both sides. And I like that they both look past that and they look towards the greater good, which was loving each other, and also breaking this barrier that had been arbitrarily set up for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. That's what I want in a romance. I want want aspirational things. I want this to be, let's make the hard choice here that is nearly impossible to make in the real world. That's what I liked about this.
0: Right. And also, it's interesting because a lot of times... In romances, you know, it can be the windfall inheritance or something. And it's just like, by virtue of the person being wealthy, then the stakes, everything's solved. And it's like, yeah, a lot of her problems are solved because she's going to be with a very wealthy man. But like, he still had very real issues that they had to deal with. And there was still a lot of risk involved, despite him being a literal prince, where you think there would be none. Yeah. That was great.
1: So here's the big question. And I think this is a no brainer. Would you fuck them, Yes, yes, I would fuck them both. They're both so fit, mhm, and they seemed really in tune with each other's sexuality in a way that I really loved.
0: I could have done with more sex in the book, yeah, there wasn't as much sex, and I mean, there was not much foreplay. He would just go right down into it, which listen, if that's what you're into, I think that's great, but i I think I want i my note is a little bit more sex, okay, yeah. But I mean, still great. And I was still engaged in reading the whole time. And this is like, you know, a peek behind the curtain. Sometimes we have like only like one or two days to read a book and it can be tough. And sometimes whenever it's those books that I read in a crunch, I get really angry at because I'm like, oh, this is the only thing I have to do. This book ended up being so good. I was like, it's fine. I'm still in a crunch, but I'm enjoying myself.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Yeah, very. I was very pleasantly surprised.
0: Me too. So thank you for whoever uh, suggested this. We really loved yeah, it. Yeah, this
1: was a wreck. Mm-hmm. And I, on the on the troop, our Facebook uh, our our Facebook group, the troop, uh, whoever recommended this was scared <laughs> because they were they were afraid that we weren't going to like it. But you know what? You don't going to be scared because we loved it.
0: Yeah. And even don't be afraid, because there was like a conversation on the Troop too about people being nervous that we had picked their books this year for this month. But it's like, even if we don't like it, you liked it. Yes. And that's what really makes that's what's really important and just because we don't like something doesn't mean it's not worth reading or it's bad or you shouldn't like it like no it's our opinion and you have a different opinion and that's totally fine and that makes is like what makes the world go around so don't ever be nervous to wreck something to us if you you know you know don't want us to maybe not like it because even if we do it's not a big deal or we really are going to love it yeah and then you've introduced a wonderful new book to us and we we're happy about that because
1: this is not the kind of book that i normally would like
0: this is i would not yeah i would never have picked this up if it wasn't for a wreck
1: so that's why wrecks are so important yeah. and that's why Rex from our fans are important because i think they have opened our eyes and, and you know both of ours but me especially as a virgin mm-hmm. they've been so great in recommending things that they're passionate about and offering them up to us to talk about that is it's brave it it really is because these things you keep so close to your to your heart if you show them to somebody and they it feels like a rejection it can it can hurt but we're not rejecting like you said we're not rejecting anybody's passion for these books we're just trying to find a way in and sometimes we can't but we're all just one happy family (laughs) we're just one big troop
0: yeah, we're just the we're just a troop of people trying to get read romance. So. Trying to
1: trying to squirm.
0: We're trying. We're just we're down to squirm. Swoon and
1: squirm. That's all we do.
0: <laughs> He's rocking back and forth in his seat. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. So don't ever be nervous. And if we don't like it, it's it's not. Un- we still like you.
1: Yes, absolutely. 100%. And we like you more because you are brave enough to do it.
0: Yeah, I've had to wreck things for people and I get really nervous and there are definitely books that I like love and hold so close that I don't wreck to people because I'm like if I don't think I could handle it. You know what I mean? If they don't like it and this is such an insight into who I am as a person that it's like, you know, makes me nervous.
1: Well, if anybody remembers the Dreaming of You episode, you were so nervous. I was. For me because you didn't know if I was going to like it because it wasn't just the fact that that book you love And if I didn't like it, it would hurt you. We also might not have a show. Right. Because if I didn't like that book, then I don't like romance. And I think that was a huge point, uh, a turning point where you're like, okay, now I feel comfortable. He at least likes something that I think is great. Right. And I think that was a huge deal. So, and dude, like, slow heat is a perfect example of one of those things where who knew that was going to be one of our favorite books?
0: <laughs> not us. <laughs>
1: not us. And so it it's just like there's so many things lying out there that we just need somebody to put in front of us and we'll just fall in love with it. so
0: yeah. um, all right, should we do Goodreads list? Yes, okay. It's not on a ton of lists.
1: okay, That's a shame.
0: Best adult sci-fi romance and sci-fi with romance. Yes. Working up a sweat, female athletes in romance novels. Yes, yeah, romance with hero heroine uh, are athletes. Yes, sword and laser sci-fi list. They yeah. fight with a sword.
1: It's a laser sword, I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like it just like kind of stings. Ya. Yeah, yeah. Uh, deadly women, best romance heroines who can defend themselves. Oh yeah,
1: she could she could defend okay. herself.
0: What I also love too is like they present Clark as being like a pretty decent player, but like not great. And he's also like, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna beat any of you guys, but like, I'm all right. I also have to handicap myself. Yeah. Like when they would train together, he would be able to see and she couldn't because he was like, Well yeah, I'm not yeah. that great.
1: I'm not a pro. I I'm, I bankroll.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate, you know, people who know where they stand. Um, what a wonderful world. A celebration of imaginative world building.
1: Yeah. And as a person who's not into world building, I I can't say like I enjoyed Barash because it was a hellhole. But <laughs> I enjoyed the the world that was created. I enjoyed when she was able to get out of Beresh, But then also at the end, they were going to help Make Baresh better. Yeah. Make Beresh great again. That's what
0: Clark said. Oh, God. Can we cut that? I don't want to. No. Fencing fiction. I guess they're kind of fencing. If somebody
1: said, I have a fencing romance for you, and they gave you Star Champion, you would say, what? <laughs> you got to take it off the list.
0: Yeah. Cage, paranormal romance with fighters. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Romance with athletes other than American football, baseball, and ice hockey. Yeah. Most certainly. Hot athletes. That was in all caps. Yes. Yeah. Everyone seemed hot. Everyone Everybody seemed to talk- hot. Everybody was hot. This book was hot as fuck. Uh, best romance novels by indie authors. I guess she's an indie author. Yeah. Yeah. Girls disguised as boys. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was it. Great. All right, Clayton. What are your tropes?
1: Well, that's a good trope. The boy, the the girl dressed as boy... Which we've had in a few books, but not that many. No. Uh, so,
0: Ladies in pants normally, and it's like a historical thing.
1: Exactly. So this was athlete, hero, poor, heroine, rich, hero, prince, prince, hero, so royal hero, <laughs> night slime. They talked about, so they talked about. Stepping in night slime.
0: How much would I have to pay you to spend one day on Beresh? one day and one night, twenty-four uh, hours on Beresh.
1: How close am I to a bathroom at all times? I mean, I would hate it. I could you, do it.
0: You would be in ten grand. Ten grand? Yeah. All right. You do that? I mean, I don't have ten grand. Barash,
1: here I come. <laughs> but you know who could get? You could get ten grand from. <laughs> my We're, husband. Yeah, freezer <laughs> fatty bankroll. Bankroll our trip to Barash. So, uh, Hallucia vapes
0: are Those, oh my god, Nico was always vaping. I was like, oh, this
1: asshole. <laughs> but they're called Hallucivapes. So they're not just regular vapes. They're vapes that I'm assuming make you hallucinate.
0: That's what I love too about the world building that was so good was like we didn't have to go into a whole thing. She's just like Hallucivapes. Figure it out. As soon as I, they had
1: me at Hallucia vapes, As soon as I read that these people on this planet were smoking Hallusive I thought, yes, I'm in. Give me more. (laughs) So, romance not on Earth. And I would say, would you call this slow
0: burn? Yeah.
1: I mean, because it's weird.
0: Also, just because it takes them so long to meet. But, like, once they meet, I mean, like, once he figures out She's a woman. It's not slow. It's not slow. They He's... make out. Yeah.
1: But it is slow. It's slow build up at the very least. Yeah. And world building fiction. I think this was a great world building. What is your tropes, Erin?
0: So I have girls dressed as boys, uh, falling in love with a prince. We don't have much princes, many princes. Um, no one knows her true self except for the hero. Sports, sports training, fucking in a pool. They fuck in a pool. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Secret Places, the training planet. It's like they're just there by themselves.
1: That was fun. Yeah, they got to...
0: It wasn't a secret necessarily. People could go there, but it felt very like they were in their own little world. Yeah. Which was like very nice for the start of their relationship. Not much foreplay. He sticks it right in. Um, Space romance, rich hero, poor heroine. Nice. Great tropes. All right, Clayton, what is you swooning?
1: So my swoon is a band that I kind of just discovered a couple months ago because I think I mentioned before on this podcast, you know, it's the end of it was the end of a decade. So I was reading all these end of decade best of music lists and I was checking out the bands that I hadn't heard of. And if they were the best of the decade, I had to at least hear them a little bit. This band is called Gang of Youth's, and it is a band from Australia, and this is so it's it's kind of hard to explain. But they're I could say they're a rock band and a modern rock type band, but they're so anthemic, and you just got to kind of listen to them because they're almost stupidly, comedically anthemic. Like, the songs are almost so grandiose that they are like a parody, but the lead singer writes these lyrics that are really kind of on the nose, but they really resonated with me in a way that I didn't think straight-ahead rock music could anymore because it had become so either dunderheaded or, on the indie side, so slight and twee that nobody had any strength of conviction, at -hmm. least on the like male singers, Mm -hmm. you know, that he's just so boldly out there with these statements that I get chills thinking about it. Yeah. This, this album I've been listening to on repeat and I would say, so it's Gang of Youths. Check them out. If you like rock music, I'll probably put a link to a video, uh, you know, in the show notes, but Gang of Youths. So, Aaron, what are you swooning about?
0: I had a hard time thinking of my swoons because they all are like a little silly. I've been listening to the company original recording of the company soundtrack by Stephen Sondheim with like Elaine Stretch, who I love. Um, and they made a documentary with her that I also love just about her banging around town. Um, but I think what I ultimately want to recommend is something that you already did recommend, but I want to drill down on something. So you rec- <laughs> you recommended High Fidelity on Hulu. Oh yeah. Which I loved. But I want to double down and recommend the episode Simon. So most episodes are done from the point of view of Rob, of Zoe Kravitz, and then there's one episode that is just her coworker ex-boyfriend Simon going through basically his top five desert island loves. Um, And it is done in such an interesting way. And by the end of that episode, I was like cheering for him. I thought it was so well done. I just really, really loved it. I mean, that, and so that's the thing that has happened recently that I really, really love. So I figure, why not? It's nice. A double swoon for High Fidelity,
1: the yeah, TV show. you gotta show.
0: watch it, guys. Um. All right. So, please don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. You guys do it. It's how people find us. We really appreciate it. So just on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, please. In this economy, we need it. We need those stars. It's a star-based economy. It is. Um. Star champion. We you want to be a star champion and give yes. us five stars <laughs> i couldn't have said it better myself i saw your eyes light up as you thought it as well but i just got there first um you can always email us learning the tropes podcast at gmail.com email us your recommendations um your thoughts anything just saying hi uh, on twitter we're at learning tropes on instagram we're at learning the tropes uh, and then we have our facebook group the learning the tropes troop some fun conversations happen there great wrecks so come on by stop on by Um, you have to answer a questionnaire to come in but spoiler alert I let everyone in I just want to make sure that you're not a robot Um, and then our next episode is going to be Vow of Silence by Melinda Price I'm very excited for this so excited as a Pennsylvanian it's our first Amish romance yeah but the sucking, we we've been told that's what we hear we'll find out and we will let you know All right, and learning the tropes is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media/podcast. Yes. Hi, everybody.